James, Tim McMahon, ESPN. Uh, Mike said that the refs admitted to him at half that they'd missed four of those closeouts. You know, f from your perspective, do, do you feel like, you know, part of the Warriors' game plan against you is to kind of test the limits on that until those are called? And, you know, what can you do about that? What can I do about it? <laughs> I, w I was told the same thing at half, and there's probably a couple more in that second half. I mean, I just want a fair chance, man. Uh, call the game how it's supposed to be called, and, and, and that's it. And I'll live with the results. But when you – especially we all know what happened, you know, a few years back with Kawhi, like that can change the entire series. Just call the game how it's supposed to be called, and, and we'll live with the results. And, and it's, it's plain and simple. Okay, let's start with this. It's the NBA Culture Podcast. I am your host, Harvey Banks. Question. Does James Harden have a point? I mean, if his point is player safety, then doesn't this call have to be made every single time? Because, in, I mean, in his defense, the league says that they altered how they called this particular play and how they judged it when it comes to landing and offensive player space versus defensive player space basically after what happened to Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs so if it's based off of that does he have a point it's the NBA Culture Podcast let's get into it So we back. NBA Culture Podcast. I am your host, Harvey Banks. First topic of discussion today. I don't know. I'm so hyped. Um, probably because we got some good games tonight. But let's get back to James Harden. And let's get back to game one of Rockets versus Warriors. I have a problem. Aside from James's problem, well, what he said his issue was. I now have an issue, right? I have always had an issue with these two-minute reports that the league releases the day after they fuck up a call, right? And so I've never liked it, only because I didn't get the point of it. You can't go back and change it, and it's just kind of like rubbing salt in the wound when the referees and the league admits that they messed up certain calls, especially, you know, calls in the last two minutes that can make or break a game. So, first off, this call, the league released the two-minute report, right? They say they missed one earlier to where the defender clearly launched directly at the shooter. So, apparently, that's the difference in, in the rule. If the defender goes up and comes down and there's contact, it's not a big deal. But it's the direction in which the defender jumps. If the defender jumps towards the shooter, then that's when you call the foul. So they they said the very last play where Draymond Green closes out on James Harden, it was it was a good no call because he didn't jump towards him. 
But I... James Harden shoots step-back threes always, right? Draymond's feet were a couple steps inside the three-point line when James went into his step-back. And then he contested it enough so that there was contact at the bottom and James fell. Now, James's feet were out a little bit. But if the law is he can't jump in his direction, there's no way that he levitated into his space he would have he literally had to he has to jump into his direction so if if you're saying that's the rule which i don't even know if i agree with that being the way we call this but if if in your same report you say that's how you call it that then that clearly has to be called right because at this point the rockets are down by three And James would have got three free throws. Now, again, who's to say he hits all three free throws? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not saying, I'm not even going to say that. But I will say, if this is the rule, this is what you say is the rule, he should definitely get the opportunity to tie the game based off what you say is the governing body of the rule. This is the deciding factor. Now, in the audio, he said something super weird to me. And I don't know if it strikes anyone else as weird. He says that at halftime, he was also told by a ref that they had missed a few. Does I don't like that either. <laughs> and I don't even know why, but that shit is weird. For one... Don't admit to me that you missed calls at halftime because or or don't say that. And that, that probably shouldn't be a public thing because it makes me think, how do I know that on a 50 50 play, you're not going to try to make it up? It just comes off. The optics of it are bad. I just don't like the sound of it. Not on James's part, but like. I kind of want to know this back and forth between the officials and the players and or coaches now because I have been on the record for saying that while we have a high number of technical fouls this postseason, this season period, I had also been on the record for saying like I have seen players going back and forth with officials way more than I have in previous years. It's every foul call has become a conversation, right? And if I was an official, I would get super tired of that. But, but if in the middle of the game, you are telling players that you missed this one and you missed that one at halftime, you have opened up the line of communication. So part of that is on you. You can't do that. If you don't want them to complain and talk to you about calls, don't talk to them about missing calls especially not during the game. And I, and I think the NBA has to just go away with the two-minute report if nothing can change. So do I think it was a foul? I think James Harden did what James Harden does, right? He draws fouls <laughs> at an annoying level. It, it's It's annoying to watch. He's good at it. He's good at it. He gets... 
he draws contact. It's not always the most fun to watch. It breaks up the flow of the game, but it, hey, he does it. Here's how you know he does it well. It's been the topic of discussion amongst NBA players the whole year, and it didn't slow down the amount of calls he was getting. You know it's coming, and he still baits you into making contact with him. If you make contact with a shooter while they're shooting, it is a foul. I don't care if your fingertips touch. I don't care. That's the rule. You can't touch a shooter while they're shooting. That's a foul. He's just really good at baiting you into it. Again, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I haven't watched. I'm also not a huge James Harden or Rockets fan. So it's not like I watched 50 Rocket games this year enough to be like, oh, my God, stop this shit now. I didn't. But I liken it to the fact that people used to say they didn't like watching Mayweather fights because he's a defensive fighter. And people used to say, no, he's just smart. Like, that's just, yeah, it's not exciting, but it's smart and he wins. I'm going to say the same thing about James. It's not exciting, but it's effective for him. That's what it does. And I think his point with the he just wants a fair shot, meaning officiate my games the way you have officiated my games all year long. That shouldn't change now. All year long, if you weren't giving me that foul call, no big deal. But all year long, you was giving me that foul call. How do we know? Because I got it more than any other NBA player, and it's not even close. So what he is saying by give him the option or just make it fair is that. Yes, it's it's. I get this more than most people. And some people will think that's not fair, but it is. If I've if that's the precedent, if I've been getting this all year, that's his point. Don't stop now, because if you stop calling it now, you then have to explain why it was a foul in the regular season or it was a foul in the first round, but it's not now. And the Rockets seem to have an answer as to why it may not be a foul call now. Now, I don't want to get too much into this because, again, I don't believe I don't believe there's a bias for the Warriors when it comes to the officials, to be honest with you. I think the, the officials are probably just as tired as everyone else of the Warriors winning. And you you like the guys, but yeah, you want to see them get knocked off. So I I don't think they have this bias towards them. But apparently the Rockets had some analytics to back up their statement that there was 80 something calls. I'm not going to go back and get the official stats for it, but it was essentially last year in the Western Conference Finals, there was 80 something calls that went their way, that went the other way that should have went their way. And they are, put together a report and submitted it to the league that that cost them a championship because they are assuming that had they got past the Warriors that they would have got past the Cavaliers which I'm be honest with you I don't think that would have happened but who knows this is what they're alleging is there was a Warriors bias then to get round three so whether or not you believe it they believe it and they had evidence to support their theory and submitted said evidence. 
So I find it very interesting. Now we're back in a series with the Warriors. And this is the first thing that comes up in game one. The topic of discussion is the officials. I think had the Rockets won, we still would have found or the Rockets still would have found a way to to bring this matter to light. Because I think that is also why they have brought to light their little study that they did and they submitted to the league last year. Because otherwise, why would you bring it up now? Maybe at the beginning of the season, maybe last summer, shortly after it happened. But like now, why would you bring it up now? You obviously want to bring attention, thinking that's going to get you an advantage, if not on the court, public opinion, right? And say what you want, but that stuff matters. So basically, I think the league thought the same thing. Because kind of like any league, no, no organization likes to be accused of cheating or likes to give anyone the chance to, to maybe think that their product is lacking in integrity, right? And I think the league took it personal with all of these claims by the Rockets. I'm pretty sure some fines will come out, but that's the, that's the small end of the spectrum. It was announced today that Scott Foster will be calling the game, game two tonight between, you know, Rockets and Warriors. And to the casual NBA fan, you're like, okay, I don't know what that means. Scott Foster has had very personal interactions and problems with Chris Paul as well as James Harden. He is also after the last after the last pretty much blowout that they had he hasn't called a game, a Rockets game since February. I I do believe the league has done that on purpose just because they were smart, you know? Hey, maybe there's something here, maybe it's not, but we can avoid it. Just don't put him on those games. Avoided. You chose to put him on this one, <laughs> and it's like, hey, could have sent him to Denver. <laughs> could have sent him to Milwaukee. Probably could have sent him to Toronto or Philly. Now you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot of options out there for your man's to get a game in. You had to choose this one. I think that was a, that was that was a counterpunch. That was the league saying, "Hey, Rockets, chill. You gotta chill." You got to chill. And so I think tonight the NBA is going to do what the NBA does. And that is provide us with amazing, amazing theater. I mean, you can't get this. You can't get this shit from Game of Thrones. Maybe. I don't know. I've never fucking seen Game of Thrones. I'm No disrespect. <laughs> I'm going to get around to watching it one day. But trust me, right now, the best theater and the best bang for my buck is the NBA. And it's because of petty shit like this. The NBA is being petty. And that's why they're putting Scott Foster in there. Everyone's tuning in. Every single foul call is going to be watched tonight. Every step back three is going to be analyzed. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Bottom line is this, though. James Harden. I get it. You want things to be called the way they were called all season. That's fair. But at the end of the day, you have to go out and win. Because the refs did not make you go 0 for 27 in a game seven last year. They didn't do that. They they didn't they didn't do that. 
So you may say they cost you a championship or a chance at a championship. But again, you didn't get the job done. So I think the focus should be less on these officials. And I'm not getting the calls I was getting. And you should call the game the same way, which they should. It should probably be more on we got to execute. Because lost in that, I don't even know what you call it, at the, the nonsense at the end of the game, is the fact that you just didn't execute. Think about this. Defensively, you both did exactly what you wanted to do. Also, I believe game one was your best situation or your best chance to beat the Warriors. You held them to a very reasonable amount of points. And you were getting decent looks and shots. There was just things you didn't execute on. You definitely didn't execute on your transition defense late in the fourth quarter. So I would like to see you put more focus on that. The things that you are saying is very, they're very valid, but it's not the only reason. And I think if I had to guess a reason that you would end up losing this series, I think a lack of execution would be higher than any role that the officials could play. Especially this year. Let's just say the NBA does have a Warriors bias or they have a bias to who they want to be in the finals. I'm not convinced that it's better for them that the Warriors make it again. I think the better TV is if y'all make it or anyone else out West makes it. So the benefit for them to want to screw you doesn't seem very high to me. Focus on winning the game. Execute, execute, execute and control the things that you control. Keep playing your game. And things things may change. Things may change. But don't don't look for this built in referee excuse because it's starting to feel like an excuse already. All right. All right. I don't really know where to go after that. I was emotional about that part at first. Um, I'm going to get some drink. I'm going to take a break. I don't think I've ever taken a break in the middle of the show. I'm going to take a break and be right back. All right, I'm back. It's the NBA Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Harvey Banks. I want to take a brief moment, really brief, to talk about the Toronto series for a minute. Um, My takeaway from the first two games, the, the series currently sets at one-to-one. Here's my takeaway from the first two games. Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the floor. He just may be the best player left in these playoffs. Only person I'm letting you argue with me about is Kevin Durant. Nobody defends like Kawhi. Game one of this series, Kawhi took every shot he wanted to take. Like a a complete just domination of, I'm going to get to my spot. You're going to come with me. And then I'm just going to do you from my spot. Right. And then I'm going to go to the other side. And instead of instead of them just passing it to me in the post, I'm going to be the one to set the screen. And on the pick and pop, I'm going to get it. And then I'm going to hold it in my right hand and clear everyone out with my left hand. That way everyone knows I'm about to take you where I want you to go. He did that shit all night. Dominant performance. Same thing on the defensive end. Kawhi Leonard is probably the best player left in the playoffs. Ultimately, 
I think the Raptors win this series in six. Um, I'm going to give Jimmy Butler another game. Jimmy Butler was was huge last night. Uh, he is the he should be the leader of this team. I do believe that he is on the he's the on the court leader of the team. He was mic'd up last night and you and that was clear. That was clear. Jimmy Butler is barking out instructions, um, telling people where to be. He is he's the, he's the on the court leader of the team. Off the court, I is this is my problem with Philly. Off the court, their leader is still Joel Embiid. And don't get me wrong, his talent has impressed me this year. I have always shitted on on Joel Embiid. I didn't think he was that talented. I've he's came around and showed me that he's pretty talented. I don't like him. I just don't fuck with him. He annoys me. He seems very, very immature. He seems very interested in being the star that he's not. Not like star basketball player. Like he he has this. He wish he every time he goes in front of a microphone, he wants it to be a clip. And I can I can tell that, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's like if he would just play ball, he'd be fine. Cause he's got something that a lot of people don't have. Skill. <laughs> Talent. Yo, this dude shoots 80% from the free throw line. At his size, he's not bad from three. He just takes poorly timed threes, I believe. His shot fake from three and then driving into the basket to be that big and have those his great feet. He has talent. Let the game talk. Shut the fuck up sometimes. He just bothers me. He annoys me. And I feel like his immature tone just reigns over this team. Where if I think he'd shut the fuck up and let Jimmy take the lead, I think Jimmy could take this team further than Joel can. Because Jimmy has what it takes. And I know that Joel has what it takes too. I just don't know if he's going to bring it every night. Now right now he's apparently sick with some stomach flu stuff. So I'm not even really looking at his numbers and stuff right now because uh, yo, if you sick, you sick. And I don't strike it. He doesn't come off as a pussy or a liar to me. So I'm going to take him for his word. Um, he didn't play well in the first game, but again, if you're sick, you get a pass from me on that. Just long-term. I don't, they don't have an answer for Kawhi Leonard. No, I don't think anyone does, but like this guy's just different. Um, Pascal Siakam is, they don't have an answer for his energy and his ability to hit the three and his ability to drive off the off the bounce and his ability to post up if you put someone small on him and his ability to defend and rebound and and they just work toronto just works they work hard they're just uh, they're just workers you know and then marcus they just work they got workers and they go to work and i can count on them going to work every night i can't count on philly coming to work every night that's why I'm giving the edge to Toronto in that series. It's going to be good to watch, though, I do believe. That's enough of that one. Now let's get to Boston and Milwaukee. Boston took game one easily. And it wasn't even, they didn't have to have a big night. I mean, Kyrie had a decent night, but he, come on, we've seen Kyrie go go crazy. He didn't even have to do that. I'm very concerned for the Bucks. I'm not about to Paul Pierce it and be like, oh, they're getting swept. It's completely over. It's just that Horford looks healthy. <laughs> that sounds weird, but like I've always felt like every year when the postseason comes, he has an injury he doesn't really tell anyone about. 
and it hurts him the back the hip things like that he's still super productive but like he looks so fresh and hungry right now that like he they are negating that inside presence of Giannis and the only question mark is the jump shot and they're kind of turning him into hey take a jump shot or get fouled or take a very very contested shot in the paint we don't know it's going to work I don't know it's going to work seven games but we don't know that it's not because we've never seen Giannis at this level right not only have we not seen Giannis at this level we haven't seen these bucks at this level and what are they going to do if they go down 0-2 How's everyone else going to respond? So if Giannis responds like he's ready, how's everyone else going to respond? Are they going to give up? Is this going to be the moment that proves to be too big for them? Because I think every every team that's ascending has that moment, right? Where it's like, oh, shit, maybe we're not quite as good as we thought we were in this moment. Boston got veterans, bro. They done, they've been around. They've been around. They've been around. And it seems to be clicking. And that's very important. It seems to be clicking at the right time and everyone is having fun and playing hard. If nothing else, we do know that Giannis is going to play hard. And I believe the rest of the Bucks are too. They got to get Brogdon back. Because Giannis can't be the only offensive option. <laughs> Brad Stevens is going to, come on. He's going to fix scheme that out. Giannis can't be it. There has to be threats kick out threats there has to be they have to be in more transition to be in transition that means you got to get stops so defensively you've got to be better it's a lot I do believe Boston wins this thing in six games Um, I'm giving six just because I'm giving Giannis just two games because that guy's just different right and so out of respect for Giannis I'm going to give him two games I wouldn't be blown away if they went down in five they're not going to get swept but I'm, if I had to put my money on it, I would say Boston in six. And that's just out of, out of respect for Giannis. Um, something else I want to talk about real quick, because someone literally just tweeted this shit at me. Before the playoffs, I had said that, no, I'm not going to miss LeBron James in these playoffs. And so someone tweeted at me, how do you feel about that LeBron thing now? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I care about, I care about the Rockets series and... I kind of care about the Raptors series. I kind of care about the Boston series. I'm not upset if I miss either one of them. And let's just be honest, fam. Who the fuck is watching Portland and Denver? No disrespect. They got hoopers on both sides. The games are going to be interesting. Wake me up in game six, right? I just don't. For one, I'm an old nigga. I'm not standing awake to see these West Coast games that start at 11. I can't do it, man. And then just two, I just don't care that much. So when I think about do I miss LeBron James in these playoffs? Like, because right now my vested interest is in one series. The answer to that is unequivocally no. I do not. Um, we've gotten great basketball up to this point. We still got drama. We just don't have LeBron. I am interested to see past this, like, what's going to be the finals narrative, right? That's where I think it's going to get a little tricky. If the Warriors make it, you're just seeing if the other team out of the East, whether it be Toronto or Boston, can knock them off. But who's really invested in that story, right? 
I think the story, the series is happening right now with, with Rockets Warriors. So I don't know. Maybe I'll change it in the finals. As of right now, no, I do not miss LeBron. But once the finals get here, uh, check back with me. <laughs> could you? I mean, could you imagine we fuck around and get, you know, Denver and Milwaukee in, in the finals? Who the fuck's watching Denver and Milwaukee? Like, yeah, come on. Y'all know you're not watching that shit. I don't know who would win, though. Shit, I might be watching this. Again, that would be the worst case scenario for the league. We're not watching that shit, fam. We need some drama. We like good basketball, and that would give us good basketball, but we need the shits. We like some drama. We like the theater of it. The Rockets, the Warriors, those are the only two teams right now that can provide the theater, and one of them's going home. So, we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited for tonight. Game two, Rockets Warriors. I'm taking the Warriors again. I think the Warriors are going to go up 2-0. I think tonight's going to be super easy for them. Probably a blowout. Um, right along with what I said, they, the Warriors take it in six is my, is my guess. But to definitely tonight, I think they're going to blow the Rockets out of the building tonight. Um, on the other side, we've got Boston and Milwaukee. I'm going to go with Boston again as well. And it's, I just don't see enough out of Milwaukee. And let me, let me throw this out there as a caveat. I am not a, I'm not super versed on the Bucks, right? I've seen quite a bit of Bucks games this year because they were in primetime quite a bit, but to be, to act like I know their schemes, like I know other team schemes, I'm not going to do that. But from what I've seen, oh, whew. It looked like they were doing what they wanted to do. It just ain't going to work. So I'm going to take Boston again tonight. They're going to go up 2-0. I'm going to give, again, yeah, six games. Six games. This thing's going six games. Boston's taking it in six. Out of respect for Giannis is the only reason I give them those two games. What do you think? Find me on Twitter, at Just a Kid from KY. Find us on Instagram, at NBA Culture. We are at NBAculture.com. You can go to NBAculture.com. Oh, no. Sorry. Scratch scratch all that shit. We're at NBA Culture on Instagram. At NBA Culture. You can go to NBAculture.com. And it'll take you to a Patreon page. Now, this is new for us, right? So, I'm trying to be the Joe Budden of sports. I'm just kidding. Sort of. Um, no. If you, if you enjoy the content that, you know, we're getting out here. Support the show, man. If you can, a dollar a month, two dollars, whatever you want to do, man. Support. If you ain't trying to put no money, hey, don't put no money up. Hit that five stars. Give us a review. Holler at me on Instagram, Twitter. Just reach out. Let me know where you're listening from. Let me know if you think I'm full of shit. Let me know if you agree, you disagree, any of it. Yo, this shit is super fun for me. So I like to just be able to continue this with more content. And I've looked at our numbers. Our listenership is growing. It's really growing. Oddly enough, but probably not oddly enough because my friends' connections and stuff like that. Our number one market right now is New York. Number two, Indianapolis, because that's my general area. And then Kentucky's heavy because that's home. And 
Los Angeles, California. Shout out to LA, man. Y'all listening to me out there. Now, granted, we don't got a whole thousands and thousands of listeners, but all of you matter to me. This shit is super fun for me. And the fact that you tune in and that you listen, and I can also see in my analytics when you hit a playback. So sometimes y'all listen more than once. That shit is super fucking dope, man. You want to support, again, NBAculture.com will take you to the Patreon page. Still getting it built up. I think we might do some goals and shit. You can find out all the information there. You also want to support the show? Fuck with some of our sponsors, right? If you look in the show notes for this episode, you're going to see them. StubHub. I use StubHub every time I buy tickets. Period. That is not a joke. That's not a part of the ad. I use StubHub religiously. You can too. All you got to do is click the link in the show notes and then just go buy your tickets like that. Indirectly, you're supporting the show while doing some shit that you love to do anyways. Now, if it happens to be like some in Indianapolis tickets or some Chicago tickets or even Cleveland Add an extra ticket. I'll let your boy. I'll come. Shit. You know what I'm saying? Get a ticket for you and me. <laughs> but anyway, StubHub. Yes. Click the link. All your favorite concerts, sporting events, everything. Right there on StubHub. Also, Stance Socks. Stance Socks just recently this week or last week announced that they are the official partner of the NBA 2K League. So... All the players are going to be wearing stance socks. I probably should have researched this a little bit more. I'll know more about this shit next week. In a couple weeks, I've got someone from stance coming on to talk about the partnership and just talk about the socks and like what goes into making a good basketball sock and what this shit really means for the culture, right? They got some dope-ass facilities up in New York. They host some runs that go crazy on the internet all the every time i see them they look amazing so we're gonna get someone on here to talk about that but that link is there too you don't gotta buy no 2k socks just click the link for stance go the best socks in the world best socks in the world harvey banks i'm gonna shut the fuck up and get out of here take it easy enjoy these games tonight